Welcome to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. I'm David Menzies, and my guest, well, I think my guest, is High Energy Andrew Says, a.k.a. Andrew Chapados. I say that because the last time I saw you, Andrew, you had a full beard. Now it's just sort of like an unshaven look. Uh, in the immortal words of Fred Willard, what happened? Um, is that Fred from Edge 102.1? Yeah, no, it is not. <laughs> well, then I'm not familiar with it. What happened, David, was I was cloned and replaced, um, just like Joe Biden and Eminem. <laughs> Welcome to the live stream. It is daily. Unfortunately, I'm here with you with David Menzies. Um, thanks for joining us on all the platforms from YouTube to Rumble to SuperU to Odyssey, where you can send us hyper chats. Rumble is having a chat tip feature coming very soon, David Menzies. So we'll be able to take monetized comments from there, oh, for which you, you will be able to ask us questions, <laughs> queries, uh, statements, and of course, abusive words towards David Menzies. Yes, well, you know, and uh, I, for an <laughs> old fogey like me, as you like to call me, Andrew, I don't understand all that cryptocurrency stuff. Do I stuff. use the term fogey <laughs> often? <laughs> <laughs> Why, you whippersnapper. Uh, cryptocurrencies, um, what are they called? Libraries. Mm -hmm. uh, Sheila, I think, partially understands those, but uh, I certainly do not. So this new feature coming up uh, where they can uh, give us cold, hard e-cash uh, <laughs> is, is a welcome news. It's the, uh, the August uh, miracle. So thank you very much. Yes, paperless society, David Menzies, is I think <laughs> what they're going for. Um, the, the first news that I think that we're getting to, says producer Justin, is that we found a new brothership in Canada, <laughs> um, according to what's her title again? Um, she is the Minister for Women and, I think, Gender Equity. Very cool. A very nice and uh, progressive title. And uh, she was, you know, asking for some leniency from the Taliban, as we always do. Her name is, uh, what's her first name, Justin? Uh, Miriam Monsef is yeah. her name, and that's her ministerial title. And she was just talking about the Taliban, how we should plead with them to be safe and uh, give safe passage to the people. And let's just go ahead and show the clip, Justin. Speak to our brothers, the Taliban. We call on you to ensure the safe and secure passage of any individual in Afghanistan, out of the country. Well, was she reading or was she taking a second minute to uh, clarify that she wanted to say, our brothers? Can you imagine that? Um, <laughs> the If you had to describe them with a B word, how about uh, bozos? No, actually, that's too defamatory to the clown community. Uh, bastards works for me. The best would be barbarians, because that's what they are. In fact, you know, what's amazing about Maryam Monsef, who I always call the minister of no fixed address, sometimes she was born in Afghanistan, mm. sometimes it's Iran. It depends on what's convenient. Um, the way she delivered that call out, um, for the uh, the brothers, you know, to use a Hulk Hogan term. Exactly. Um, if, she, if she was dressed like that right now in Kabul, uh, she'd probably be uh, paraded into the soccer stadium and not for a game of uh, footy either. Um, she's not wearing any head covering. Uh, and of course, the brothers, as she likes to call them, prefer the females in a full out uh, burqa or uh, niqab. Uh, so this is absolutely appalling, but not surprising, you know, because, you know, Andrew, we, it, we don't want to be insensitive to the terrorist community, especially the visible minority terrorist community. So let's not call them for what they are, which is barbarians. Let's call them brothers, because I feel a whole sense of brotherhood with members of the Taliban. And this idea of, I call on you, um, you know, to make things safe for women, that's like me falling into a, a water trap on a Florida golf course that has hungry alligators in it. And I say to them, I call on you to let me climb out and not get eaten. Um, Andrew, another misstep, and uh, according to her, uh, the reason for the B word, brothers, is uh, this is a, a cultural reference. Are you buying that? No. Um, if you're <laughs> brothers in the Communist Party of China or you got some brothers in uh, North Korea 
in the Kim Jong-un regime. Maybe you have, if somebody in conservative circles said, uh, my brother's in the, the Russian oligarchy, <laughs> you'd be hung out to dry, you'd be fired immediately, or you'd be called to be fired. I don't ever say this, um, but I think she should be fired for that. You can't have somebody, I don't care what you claim is this cultural thing. She had a second to think about it. Even the optics of it are obviously poor. As soon as you refer to somebody who's listed as, from a terrorist country, is <laughs> as your brother, then you've got a problem. And to claim it's a cultural thing, so what, like referring to somebody who's in a terrorist group as a in a cultural manner is still okay? Like if I re refer to like a, I don't know, what's a European <laughs> terrorist group? What if I referred to the Chechnyans as brothers or something? Oh. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's Russian, it's a cultural thing. We yeah, no, I don't think you have to go that far. I refer to the Proud Boys as brothers. Well, there you go. And you're crucified. <laughs> and yeah, so <laughs> imagine that, imagine uh, Aaron O'Toole did that. Oh yeah, no, and, and I mean, uh, I, I'm of the opinion, I, I know I'm not one that embraces cancel culture, but in, in when it comes to Minister Monsef, there has been so many um, scandals, I would say, including uh, where in fact she was born. And I go back uh, a couple of years, I think it was 2019 or 2018, uh, I was with our uh, top trained broadcast professional, that would be Efren. We went down to World Press Freedom Day at Chorus Entertainment, no less. And mm. folks, World Press Freedom Day, and guess who's not taking questions, but I didn't, li I didn't listen to that. I followed Maryam Monsef out and asked her a few questions. And uh, guess who got expelled from the chorus headquarters? That would be me and, and, and Afron on World Press Freedom Day. I don't know if uh, Mr. Producer uh, Justin uh, can call that up. Maybe we can refer to that later. But I was asking uh, insensitive questions of Ms. Monsef, and that's good enough uh, to get you out. This is yet another weak candidate, I would say, Andrew, um, that I think has probably been appointed to a portfolio because you you remember the election 2015, it was going to be a 50-50 gender split cap cabinet because it's 2015. And, um, it, you know, it, it was basically affirmative action, I think, at play. Or even worse, what if there are more women members of the Liberals right now that maybe it should be 60-40 in terms of 60% female, 40% male. So in a way, this 50-50 uh, rule is kind of a barrier for potentially um, star candidates. Well, this is what happens when you hire stupidly like that. <laughs> <laughs> but furthermore, if any person in my party says anything like that, I don't care, you support white supremacists, you support black supremacists, you support the Taliban, support, you sit, call your brothers in ISIS, you call your brothers in I don't know, a revolutionary group in East Africa or something, you call them your brothers, immediately I'm saying, why are you calling them brothers? You must have sympathy for them, goodbye. A hundred percent, and are, are you really surprised, Andrew? Last week we saw Mark Garneau, our spaceman in Ottawa, saying it's too early to tell if we'll reestablish diplomatic relations with the Taliban. No, the only answer is no, no, we do not recognize terrorist groups. And this jabroni is talking about uh, reestablishing um, diplomatic relations. It's embarrassing. It's crazy. And like black guys, maybe an older generation of black guys call each other brother. If you still wouldn't call a person from a group that you wildly are supposed to disagree with your brother. Like there's no cultural <coughs> relation um, where <laughs> you call somebody who's a terrorist your brother. Like, even if it's just, oh my God, it's so no. pathetic. That's what we have to cover it up now. Like, just admit it, that you're sympathetic to them, uh, as you clearly are, and move on with your day. And if Justin Trudeau wants to keep you in the party, well, then that says something else, I guess. But Andrew, it, it's, you know, another example of how friendly this Trudeau regime is to terrorists. Omar Carter getting $10.5 million for her oh, feelings. Oh, you can't say that. Uh, Jasper Atwal. Uh, being brought along to that disastrous India trip. 
a man who's oh, part of a, say that. a Sikh extreme. Oh, I can't say that. It's a matter of fact. He was convicted of attempted murder. Listen, uh, like, David what? Menzies, the only thing you're supposed to focus on is the dancing. Let's not talk about the terrorist dinners. Just Justin I'm, Trudeau coming out and doing this. Okay? Of all the people to bring along, you know, I mean, uh, is Charles Manson still alive? They couldn't spring him out There's of There's uh, great Maxim Charles Security. Manson videos doing Dance Dance Dever revolution that maybe Justin can bring up. I want to move oh, on. Oh, before you do, Mr. Producer has found that video evidence in case people think I exaggerate. This is me trying to get some uh, pithy quotes out of Miriam Monsef on World Press Freedom Day a while back. Ask yourself this, folks. Does she answer my questions? The United Nations uh, told our reporters they were banned from covering their conferences due to um, wow, no a directive from the Canadian me. government. Do you support that? I hope you support what we're doing here today, which is ensuring freedom of expression and an independent free press for your well, colleagues around the world. But, but that's precisely the point. Um, we traveled to Morocco, we traveled to Poland, and we were shut out of UN conferences because of an edict from your government. Does that sound like world press freedom to you, Minister? What we're doing today is supporting an independent and free press in some of the most troubled regions of the world. And I have no doubt that you rejoice in this investment and this initiative. Well, you know, but how, how do you square the fact that you won't even let Canadian journalists that might have a dissenting opinion about things like immigration and climate change to attend UN conferences? And here you are um, advocating for World Press Freedom Day. Thank you. Thanks very much. Okay. This doesn't look like a lot of freedom, ladies. Well, she's in her private area now. Thank you very much. Okay, then. Sorry. Well, there you go. Why, did the, why did the PR people walk <laughs> along with her there? Like, oh, a human shield. You know how dangerous I am. But here she's saying we're ensuring freedom of expression and a free press. Of and, but I guess it doesn't apply to Canadian journalists in Canada. I guess, Andrew, my fatal flaw is I, I guess I should have moved to, I don't know, Somalia and, uh, or some other region where uh, free press isn't um, treated so nicely. And then Miriam Monsef might have the time of day for me. But did she answer any of my questions there? Well, David, if you want to move to Somalia, that's not fair. They don't have a real government. You can't expect these rules of them. I think what's going on here is this was a time when, you know, first of all, you guys were unmasked, extremely irresponsible. Oh, it's you. before the, the pandemic. Uh, still. <laughs> I should have we, we We've should've learned known. that it gets rid of all diseases and all illnesses. Therefore, you should have been wearing them in advance, David, if you know your science. Oh, mia culpa. David, I don't expect any of these people to answer your question. And the reason is because they don't have to ask any questions. They don't have to have, or answer any questions. They don't have to have actual, you know, skills in order to be put into their position. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody in the Justin Trudeau government has specific skills related to their job. And it sounds harsh, but over this six years that we've had people yeah. um, in parliament there in the Liberal Party, not one of them has shown to me that they're overly qualified for any position in government. Um, who's, who's the good sir who got kicked out for squandering mo all of our money? And uh, Bill Morneau? Oh, oh, yes, the finance minister, of yeah, course, he, yes. See, he's skilled in, in scheming money out, but yep. not exactly good at his job. So I don't expect them to answer questions because they've never had to be fielded questions. I doubt they were interviewed about the role in any capacity more than will you do what I ask you to do. You know, it's such a lack of courage. It's such a lack of moral integrity. Because remember, Andrew, these people claim to represent us, we the people. I would get a better interview from a Coke machine, folks, if I put my toonie in and a soda didn't come out to interview the Coke machine than I would from a liberal a cabinet. A toonie for a Coke machine, David. <laughs> I think you got a better interview out of uh, Jawari there. Oh, jeez. Which is a good video. I watched it last night. Thank you. Um, riveting. I think the part where the cops is hilarious. But they, <laughs> You'll see, guys, that this part with the police showing up for David Menzies, uh, their <laughs> supervisor, I believe it's called, said that they specifically requested to come to the call about David Menzies. <laughs> so David Menzies now has preferred York Region Police, was it, coming to him. They hear the call over the radio and they say, David Menzies, I want to go to that. <laughs> Which is hilarious because yeah. at first you're just like, why are there four squad cars? 
Uh, unbelievable, including a supervisor. And then it turns out that they just wanted to come see you. <laughs> and I mean, and I think, I, I don't Forget know what crime. to make of that. Maybe they thought this was going to be another whack em and stack em event. Thankfully, folks, that wasn't the case. These were the nicest York Regional Police uh, officers I ever uh, dealt with. And um, how about this, about turnaround uh, being fair play? They, um, uh, the supervisor that is, um, allegedly lectured Johari that it is not a crime in Canada yet to do journalism from a sidewalk, which is when they called the police on me because uh, not only did I have to leave the premises, they apparently wanted uh, me to leave the sidewalk as well. I think Majid Johari is getting the greater Toronto area confused with the Tehran area, maybe? I want you to explain, because <laughs> some people like myself may not be familiar with the coverage of him before. Um, he He's going to claim in the video we're seeing that you're harassing him and yep. it's time for you to stop. Can you give just some of the backstory as to some of the news stories that have been surrounding him the last few years that he's referring to from his point of view? Yeah, let me tell you, folks, for more than 20 years, I've lived in Richmond Hill. It has a very significant Persian uh, community, I believe, 11 to 14 percent in that range. Every Persian, I'm not just saying this, uh, Andrew, to play nice, but it's true that I have met have been just the greatest individuals. Uh, a lot of they, acid wash jeans as well. Well, I don't know about that, <laughs> but I'll tell you, the, the some of the new restaurants that have come into Richmond Hill, thanks to the Iranian expats, uh, just outstanding. And I'll tell you this much. Um, these are the people who specifically fled the, uh, the their home nation of Iran post-1979 because they saw what happened under the mullahs, under Ayatollah Khomeini. It's a police state. It is the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism. And they weren't buying that. They took a look at Canada, specifically the greater Toronto area in the early 80s. You know what? They, they said, you know what? Yeah, we can make money here. And they didn't want the radical Islam that has been imposed on millions of Iranians in that regime right now. How is it possible, folks, that the one Richmond Hill-based Iranian that I have an extreme problem with happens to be the liberal member of parliament, uh, Majid Johari? He has often tweeted out congratulations to the elected government of Iran. That's what he says, the elected government. Um, most recently, uh, he was uh, seen in a photograph with a man who is financing his campaign, partially financing it, who is under CSIS investigation as a so-called national threat to Canadian security because he's involved in funneling money from Iran via Dubai to Canada. And this is our member of parliament. Oh, and by the way, he, has, he also has the dubious nickname of the Persian Pinocchio because he uh, lied about his engineering credentials uh, being updated and uh, valid in, in the last election. The conservative candidate for Richmond Hill is Costas Minigakis. Costas Minigakis, let me tell you this, folks, and I have an interview. I think it's coming up later today with Costas. He, you look at me like I put out the videos. Well, <laughs> you're always on top of things, I think. Um, he went to bed uh, October 2019, election night, as the MP uh, for Richmond Hill. And then he woke up because, you see, in the wee hours of the morning, they counted the mail-in ballots. Hmm, where have we heard this one before? And guess what? Majid Johari was the new MP, uh, MP for Richmond Hill, uh, the re-elected MP, I should say, by, I believe the number was 112 votes. That is a photo finish when it comes to uh, a federal election. Um, in any event, I wanted to get some more information about this guy uh, Mr. Johari is hanging with, uh, who is under CSIS investigation. And just to tell you how odious it is before we show the clip, folks, do you know that liberals have denounced Mr. Johari, like Razia Moridi? Um, how, can you imagine how bad that is? Forget about your <laughs> enemies <laughs> denouncing you, but when members of the liberal brand say, this cat is not someone you should vote for, I think that's a problem. Why is he still part of this party? He should have called Iran his brothers. Oh, yes. And then he would have been praised. Let's get to this video, I think, Justin, before uh, we get into a spiral of David Menzies' stories. As wonderful <laughs> as they may be, let's get some of the content in here. And I think it was a really entertaining video 
Um, and I think you guys should all go watch it because it's just regular journalism that nobody's doing these days. And uh, he just can't handle it. His, his family, <laughs> I'm guessing, or whoever's helping him there, they just can't handle it. Let's play it. <laughs> Mr. Johari, are you uh, pleased with what's happened in Afghanistan, given that this plays into the hands of the Iranian regime? I don't know about that, but I'm not pleased what has happened in Afghanistan. Proud of our government for supporting bringing 20,000 Afghanis and all the uh, people who have helped us over the last uh, 20 years uh, with the translation and support of the embassy. Yeah, but we've left them hung out to dry, Mr. Johari. How can you say we're supporting them? Um, while we're supporting by bringing here, I'm not sure what you're talking about when you're saying we've let, uh, we've let them to hang dry. Well, there's numerous reports of people well, that uh, we've had, that are our allies that can't get out of our Afghanistan. So this individual, Alarezi Onagi, who has contributed to your campaign, he's under investigation by CSIS. Well, I'm not going to comment about somebody, somebody who's under investigation, as you claim, alleged. So, it, well, isn't that serious, given that he's donated to your campaign? Um, the donation was small. It was part of a bigger group, and I'm sure the investigation would lead to the result. The donation has been returned. Well, what about, again, these connections you have with the Iranian regime? You have had connection with the Iranian regime. You keep going back and you've been doing this for the last six years and you better stop because I denounce any type of connection with the Islamic Republic. You've so congratulated the Iranian Republic for their election. <laughs> no, I did not congratulate them for election. I said the elected so government. I said the elected government of Iran at yeah. that time was responsible for the safety of people who have come there to protest in peace. That's okay. an interesting interpretation of that tweet. That's a fact. And do you, that's do you believe that government is elected? No. And why would you use the term elected government? There is a difference between the regime and the elected government. And that elected government was elected for by people. So they have fiduciary responsibility to protect the people who are out there protesting and voicing theirs. But Mr. Johari, I have responded to your question many times. But you, you've had meetings you in Canada with members of the Iranian regime, you already, correct? You already have the answers to all those questions. It's, it's time for you to stop harassing I don't say, no, I'm not harassing Yes, you, yes you are, sir. You're running for office, and you've got a lot of baggage no, I don't, here. No, I do not have. This is what you're claiming, and those claims over the last six years have not proven any uh, one iota of truth. I've been greenlit three times, and it's time for you guys to stop. Well, yeah. it's time for you to stop. Why would so you have meetings in Canada with members of the Iranian regime? To stop. It's time for you to stop. Well, I think it's stop. time for you to answer questions. I've answered the question many times. It's time for you to can you, stop. Can you clarify your answer, please? It's time for you to stop. Okay, stop. Then why are you walking stop. so close to me? Stop, because you're in my, you're in my area. Okay. Well, you told me to come outside and I acquiesced to your demand, Mr. Johari. I've answered all your questions. It's better that you stop. Actually, no, you've, asked, you've, you've, you haven't answered my question. I've answered all the questions over many years. Mm. Okay. Sorry. You harassed me in Ottawa. You harassed me in front of my house. You harassed my family. No. Stop. Actually, How have I harassed your family? <laughs> I think that's another. Uh, that's another. What's that? You, you have your. I'm not making you. Oh, you're you're talking to me. No, I was just so, Mr. O'Hara, are are you gonna? I I thank you for the time you've given me, but are you gonna answer these questions or are you gonna retreat? Stop. You're gonna stop. Okay then. What about resuming uh, diplomatic relations with the Taliban in Afghanistan, Mr. Johari? Now, as you can see, folks, um, they've told me to leave the premises. Uh, these people in the the Team Johari uh, shirts. And um, yet they're kind of shadowing me, but I'm on a sidewalk. There's the proof in the pudding. Uh oh, as sure as there's salt water in the Pacific, the police have been called. Um, I'm counting one, two, three, four uh, police cars so far. Um, hard to believe it's for little old me, but uh, let's see what goes down. I'm absolutely 100% certain I didn't break any laws this time. Hey, how you doing, officer? How are you? Good. Are you here for me? We've been called for something. <laughs> okay. What What did they tell you? Do you know? We got a complaint that uh, there's videotaping and uh, people being harassed. So we just came by to investigate. I have not harassed anyone. I was just asking questions. I'm on a public sidewalk. And, um, you know, if that's a crime in Canada today, I guess we're closer to Tehran than Toronto. Uh, again, we no, no one's accused you here of a crime, so sure. 
Well, I won't run away. I'll let you guys investigate. Um, why such a huge police presence? I know in York Region we have murder, sexual assaults, human trafficking. I can't believe all you guys would come out for little old me. <laughs> Well, we'll come out as many people as it takes, sir. We don't know what we're going into until we actually know the story okay. and the situation, right? You could take me one-on-one. -on -one, I'll tell you that. You look like a big, strong guy. <laughs> I appreciate it, but that's not something any of us want to do. So. All right. we got to figure out what's up, and then we'll go from there. That's all. Okay. Thank you, officer. You know, I might put in a 911 call on uh, Majid Johari. I mean, can you imagine we have an elected representative of the Liberal Party of Canada who supports the Iranian regime. Maybe this is a case for a detective or something to look into. Well, I mean, you're telling me CSIS is investigating. I think it's a Bobar case field. Okay, okay then. I, you know, uh, I, like I said, I, I don't know why they even called you in the first place because I acquiesced to their demands, right? No, like but was that was that the supervisor that was just on officer? Yep. Yes, right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Said before, people are allowed to call, people are allowed to vent, and that's okay. Okay, okay you then. call us, we'll come and we'll do the same thing. It's okay, <laughs> we're here for anybody, regardless. There's freedom of the press somewhere, it's written, I think. I'm gonna take off, but listen, best of luck. Thank to you, you guys. Yeah. Oh, very good, uh, ma'am. Is it uh, Supervisor Kassam? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay then. Um, yeah, it's the, me, it's Dave it, Menzies, right? It, it is indeed, yes. And I, I'm just curious, um, uh, Supervisor, uh, what did they say I, when I went to interview Mr. Johari? Uh, I was eventually told you're on private property. And that's when I left, and I've been on a sidewalk ever since. Yes, actually, they uh, essentially were consistent with what you're telling me. Okay. And uh, I did speak to them about, you know, if they weren't comfortable with the questions you were asking. Ask you to oh, they definitely weren't comfortable with the questions I was asking. Okay, well, I wasn't there, sir. But anyways, I mean, I was hearing their version, and I had my officers come and talk to you. Yeah. So, I mean... Um, on that note, um, that's really it. They just essentially said that you came, you asked some questions, and they weren't comfortable with them, and then they asked you to leave, and you left. Yeah. So okay, well, I think that's the end of it, really. And I just spoke to them about um, moving forward. You know what I mean? And and your, um, you know, you're allowed to be here. So that's it. I appreciate your time, and uh, like I said, I've spoken to them, and uh, you know, I. Have a good day. Well, thank you so much. I want to thank you for your time. I'm just sort of embarrassed by the amount of police resources. Uh, I think you could probably take me. <laughs> you don't need all these other guys. No, that's okay. You know what? Actually, believe it or not, it's it's uh, it's actually a, be a benefit. Sometimes okay. we get our members that know some of the people that uh, we, we work with in the community. Okay. So I think, to be honest with you, the officers that you spoke with, they actually know they have a very good rapport with you. And they actually even volunteered to say, oh, I, I know oh, Mr. Menzies. Okay. I'd be happy to talk to him. So I think that's really what it was. And okay. um, we were being respectful to that. Well, there you have it, folks. Last year at the Rogers hometown hockey event in uh, Vaughan, in which we have a bit of a lawsuit with the York Regional Police on that. But that was the bad side. That was the good side. Uh, coming and telling this uh, MP uh, that, no, he's allowed to do that. He isn't harassing people. He's on a public sidewalk. And um, that's consistent. It was funny, though, that one line, um, <clears throat> when you have someone under CSIS investigation, Andrew, uh, for I, what looks to be money laundering, um, and he contributes to your campaign, and your answer, the answer Johari gave, oh, but it was a small donation, right? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of up there with, I'm just a little bit pregnant, right? But what is your take on what you just saw happen? My take on that is, first of all, is family wearing the masks. I assume there is family. The masks don't matter when you're on the phone. Obviously, that's I just want to point out their silly little contradiction there. Two people on the phone calling the cops on David Menzies. Always a hilarious <laughs> ordeal. Um, obviously, I didn't. I hadn't seen the stuff before. I hadn't paid close attention to that clip they showed where somebody was accusing him, allegedly, of course, of being an, basically an agent of the Iranian regime, mm -hmm. a puppet for them. That's always interesting, especially when it looked like it was coming from an Iranian account as well. But uh, I think those were fans of David Menzies, the police. Uh, they are answering your questions, they're laughing with you. 
And uh, if that's what we're going to get out of the police, then I say defund the police, okay? We can't, <laughs> we can't have police being fans of David Menzies. You used the <laughs> yeah. same joke twice that, that, yeah. in the same video. That's true. I, I thought one would be cut, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I should not have used the same line so twice. So who's to say that you didn't try the joke five times, David Menzies? But, you know, uh, let me tell you something. Again, in defense of the Persian people of Richmond Hill, which is a, a large minority group, I'll tell you another little anecdote. Andrew, that speaks volumes of how odious I think Majid Johari is. Last year at the Richmond Hill Performing Arts Center, there was a vigil. Do you remember the Ukrainian airline that was yes. shot down? 57 Canadians, I believe, many of them. Iranian. Iranian Canadians. You said Ukrainian. It was, no, it was a Ukrainian airline. Oh, okay. Yeah. With I it was the Iranians that shot down the Ukrainians. Yes. I know they rhyme, but stay with me. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing, we had um, local councillors, we had Ontario MPs and other Ontario MPPs such as, um, or sorry, MPs such as uh, Leona Alislav, who is in the riding north of Richmond Hill. In any event, conspicuous by his absence at a vigil for mostly Iranian Canadians that died by the regime shooting down that plane was none other than Majid Johari. And I asked one of the uh, attendees off camera, where is Johari? And his answer was essentially, it probably wouldn't be safe for him to come here tonight. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, which makes me wonder, who is voting for this person? I mean, is it these lily white liberals that think, oh, this is, uh, oh, he's a diverse ca candidate? No, yeah, he's got a little bit of a, you know, connections with odious people, but uh, we want a virtue signal by showing that we love this individual. Because I can tell you, in the Persian community itself, this guy more or less is reviled. I'm sure there's some people that vote for him. Uh, they kind of like what's happening in Iran, but that isn't the majority of the people I meet in Richmond Hill, folks. So on September 20th, the good people of Richmond have a choice. You either vote for somebody that stands for the values of our great dominion of Canada, or you vote for someone and re-elect them who stands for the values of the regime of Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism. And by the way, what an outrage for him to claim the Afghanistan pullout is a success. No less than today's <laughs> son, look at that, Andrew. Treated like muck, fleeing Afghans wallow in filth as they're being ignored by soldiers. That is a success story for you, Mr. Johari? That is, a, that is a disgrace. That is a fiasco. And, you know, for that alone, you should withdraw. But we know that's not going to happen. I'm uh, not too sympathetic of that whole thing, but uh, to claim that it's a success story, oh. <laughs> I think you're not only... like. Oh, I, I'm sure people have beaten the horse of Afghanistan being a garbage pullout enough, so I don't think I need to rant about that. But I think we sure have some, some hyper chats, David Menzies, We'd, from the future, because yeah. hyper always means future to me. <laughs> That's right, we do indeed. Mm. By the way, speaking of the future, I've never <laughs> seen more red shirts running around a facility, uh, you know, last Saturday, the Majijohari event, than the last time I attended a Star Trek convention. <laughs> you, know, so, you hold an event you hold an event open to the public and nobody shows up but David Menzies. Yeah, and maybe like, like five regular people. That's all I saw, really, at the time I was there. So what a bust. Good. On Rumble, Noble Canadian says, hey, David, hey, Andrew. Hello. Regarding voting, can they turn you away if you have a mask exemption under the Reopening Act, or do they get away with turning away mask exempt because of the mail-in? I think it's all about compliance. Just like mm. a store could say, oh, we have curbside pickup. And again, I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on David Menzies' show, but I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> but just like they can say you can have curbside pickup or delivery, that's not, that's not the law. You have to be <clears throat> able to give the person the same service if they're disabled or in this case, exempt from a, for a medical reason, as you would give your service to a person who is not exempt. So you can't say to a wheel person in a wheelchair, oh, we don't have a ramp, so we have to deliver it to you outside. They have to accommodate it by building the ramp, or in this case, allowing your exemption. Again, not a lawyer, but that's how I understand it. And who's, I, I think by the time you're in there, 
And, and who are they going to send out, the 70-year-old lady? I mean, like, come on. And do they want a big stink about this? Stay away from me. You're not supposed to be looking at my vote anyway. Stay six feet away from me. It's funny, uh, Andrew, you bring up the, um, the wheelchair example because uh, back in 2018 at the Conservative nomination for the writing of Richmond Hill, again, um, they went to a facility that was not handicap accessible, and if you can imagine, folks, there was somebody in a wheelchair that could not get down there to vote. They would not bring the ballot up. They would not carry them down, uh, you know, manually based on safety considerations. That nomination, and I don't know how often this happens, it ended in a dead tie, right? <laughs> and that means the head of the writing uh, association has the hammer to choose uh, who he wants. The fellow in the wheelchair came back to me and said he was going to vote if he could have voted for the candidate that lost. So um, it's an incredible story. I really should follow up on that. But Noble Canadian, there's two issues here. And I think we're going to do tests at advanced polls for both of them. The one I'm going to do is the reverse of what you're saying, uh, which is to say I'm going to go in to an advanced poll with the mask, sunglasses, ball cap, what do you call that, Andrew? I call that a disguise. disguise yeah. yeah. And I'm going to see if they are going to say to me, as I encountered two weeks ago at uh, Casino Niagara, to unmask to verify the identity. Because we know from, uh, I think it was five or six years ago, when I went to uh, an advanced poll at a federal election, I was dressed in a burqa. And I'm they did say. not ask me to unmask. And the problem is, yes, they asked for photo ID, but if I don't unmask, that's meaningless. I could be anyone behind that. Uh, right? The mask is a religion now, so you could get away with that. But I, Project Veritas <laughs> did this too, I think. James O'Keefe wore a burqa. James O'Keefe also voted as Eminem once, if you recall <laughs> that. Uh, he just dressed up in what you would assume is that attire. <laughs> yeah, and before you go to another chat, I think the flip side of our test should be somebody else on the Rebel News staff that goes to a advanced poll and sees what happens when you walk in and say, I, I can't wear a mask and just record uh, the rigmarole that goes on. But uh, do we actually know the definitive policy? No, I don't think we do. And that okay. sounds like that example sounds like a job for you and uh, marketeer Alex. I marketeer think, Alex. Okay. I think he's brave enough to do that. Um, we've got another one from Share21. You're getting Dave Menzies' attention when you mention Share. He believes in love after life after love, I think. Oh, it's a C-H-E-R. I yes. didn't know if it was S-H-A-R-E. The uh, English yeah. language is so confusing. I can't believe folks? government's appealing to the <laughs> Taliban to do the right thing. Yes, it's moronic. It's insane. What do you think is the goal here for Democrats and liberals in saying that uh, we need to appeal to the Taliban and get them to do the right thing and uh, basically... No plan. What's the hidden agenda here, David Menzies' take? Um, you know what? I think it is ultra-sensitivity in the name of political correctness. That, I, I mean, look, even if you don't want to refer to these people as barbarians, which is what they are, um, why do you have to go 180 to brothers? <laughs> a brother is someone you love, a brother and a sister. You know, you have kinship with a brother, right? Um, this is despicable, and and I think it is all due to outrageous political correctness, virtue signaling, Andrew. I have other theories about Biden. I think, let's not even get into Maybe they left a whole bunch of stuff for the Taliban on purpose. Who knows, David Menzies? Oh, Who well, knows? you know, I, I saw a funny... Uh, a different rant for a different time. I saw a funny doctored video of uh, uh, President Biden the other day, and he was wearing... Uh, his version of the MAGA cap, which stated, um, make the Taliban great again. <laughs> and they've this done that. This isn't your grandfather's Taliban, David. Oh, okay, my they're new. goodness. Um, History Club World, of course, our favorite hyper chatter. I will pay $10,000 to get the Trudeau cabinet in education and what to say and when. Also, there should be strict rules on how we interact with actual terrorist nations. Rebel News should host World Press Freedom Conference and follow History Club World on Instagram. I would say, yes, we should hold a freedom conference, but who in the pol who in sitting politics would come? We did this with the Conservative <clears throat> Party um, with the help of the Independent Press Gallery, of course. They did it, and we came to that. And um, Derek Sloan and Aaron O'Toole were the only ones who, who were there. Of course, Peter McKay cried and left. Um, Leslin Lewis was ill, quote-unquote, according to her. 
had a headache and eye pain. Or a near ache, wasn't it, or something like it that? It was something that I didn't believe. It's my personal opinion. And Peter McKay, um, I think, conveying uh, earache solidarity. That's correct. Stepped down out of that. Uh, that, that was despicable of uh, Mr. McKay. Uh, the idea of looking for the most outrageous excuse, literally at the 11th hour, you know, an hour to go, he, he withdraws because Leslie Lewis has an earache? <laughs> well, source, unnamed sources are telling me that they could we're in cahoots on that. I just, I just made that up. Nobody told me that. But okay. <laughs> <Hyper> <laughs> oh, chat at allegedly, the deep state says, at Scooby-Doo just sent us an eyeball emoji, which is interesting, I guess. Is there another message on that, Justin? No. Okay, very good. Mm. Thank you for that. Um, I, I and goodbye. His, so his, his profile seems to say rat poison curator, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust that guy. So from Subaru, Hammers Girl 88, good on York Regional Police this time. I agree, yeah. David. Mendes. Oh, yeah. No, listen, Andrew, I'm sure you'll agree that we are like the umpires behind home plate. When, you know, politicians of any stripe get it right or wrong, we're going to congratulate them or condemn them. Same with law enforcement. When you see the nonsense happening in Australia and Avenue, you mean, whoa, what a great job he's doing of just law enforcement off the chart uh, going down the wrong path. We're going to condemn it. But those York Regional Police officers, you saw, we were like kibitzing. We were laughing, you know, at, at, the, uh, at the madness of it all. They did the right thing. And so you, th I think that's the only way to be honest is to judge each case on its merits, Andrew. You sound like controlled opposition to me. Oh, yeah. Well, How did you feel about Aviamini's new hair? Oh, uh, slick down, the yeah. Braids. I, well, I mean, like you know, Abby likes to drive with the windows down. I understand, so you know, you get <laughs> is that, that a metaphor. Gets that wild yet controlled look, but um, it looks like Burl Cream is uh, making a comeback down under. You just braided his hair. <laughs> oh, it's braided. Oh. Yeah, you didn't notice that. <laughs> have you ever braided your hair? No. Um, you have magnificent hair, by the thank way. Thank you. That's weird. <laughs> uh, writer Dave has braided his hair. Oh yes, that's yeah. right. You yeah. know. And he's a big guy, so I dare not insult hairstyle, his hairstyle. That yeah, I, all David stick together, I guess. <laughs> on the bit says, David, you give away the $100 bill yet? No, and I am upset with you, Rebel News Nation. I made that offer, it must be about a month ago. We have the new beautiful Menzoid t-shirt, if uh, super producer Justin can go into our store and call it up. Uh, and I've made this offer. First person I see in public wearing that gets $100. There you go, look at that. $100 of my own money. Yeah, we're not we're not fundraising for this. This is coming right out of my wallet, folks. It's a $60 and, and, profit here. And just in case we're doing something like the Trudeau we stuff of all this insider uh, giving and taking, uh, this offer does not extend to my coworkers or my friends or my family members. It's got to be a complete stranger who comes up to me on the street with that. Bingo, you got a $100 bill. I've I got a few brownies in my wallet just in case two people at the same time come up to me. So there you go, folks. Look at that gorgeous shirt. You can uh, basically um, almost double your money by ordering it if you get the $100 bill. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. I don't know. It's just so absurd I had to cough. The, the, the physique on that, rebelnewsstore.com. So basically, I don't understand why somebody in Toronto or North York doesn't just buy the shirt find out where David Menzies is reporting from one day and just go make an easy 65 bucks. Oh yeah, or even- Screw um, him over here. What are you guys waiting for? <laughs> well, you, you know, uh, typically if there's gonna be some kind of major anti-lockdown protest, uh, chances are I might be at that. So um, there Don't you go. you guys go. know David Menzies makes 300 grand a year? <laughs> yeah, oh boy, in what currency? Pesos? Um, Kron. <laughs> What's the, we got Danish super chat sometimes from. Hear what that 300 is. 300 grand a year. Listen, we know what your side gigs are, okay? Oh, yes. We that's know why. Right. Yes, I'm driving an ice cream truck today, folks, <laughs> with the Humidex hitting 46. Uh, it's going to be a good day. Piper chat from <laughs> Enoch the Salty Pretzel. Very good name. <laughs> I hey, like it. Hey, folks, Robert Malone told Steve Bannon on War Room yesterday that Pfizer vaccine did not receive approval was some other as yet unreleased medicine from BioNTech, Pfizer's partner in the COVID vax that received approval. I don't know about that, but mm. what, part of the approval process was that they agreed to um, these extended trials, which do not end for another few years. So for any, listen, 
sources are telling me that Emperor Biden, who won the election by 600 million votes. <laughs> oh, careful. That, exactly. <laughs> I'm praising the YouTube lords right now so, so that I can say this, okay? Uh -oh. um, they, they pushed it through for some obvious reasons so that they can then the next day say, oh, we need to do the vaccine mandates all across the country. So they have pushed it through. It still hasn't gone through all the typical approval processes, which will go on for a couple more years. What you're claiming there from Steve Bannon, I don't know. I, I love to believe Steve Bannon sometimes, but then, um, you know, the My Pillow Guys conference predictions didn't come true. What's the date today? 25th. So My Pillow Guy has like six days for Trump to be back in office before his claim goes unheard of. You're, oh, you remember he yes. said Trump will be back in office. Wouldn't in bet August. the house on that one. But you know what? I, here's the thing, Andrew. I was having a discussion with somebody else about this the other day uh, with that uh, so-called approval coming through. I think if we went to Young Dundas Square and did streeters and we asked people, um, here are the names of the vaccines, Johnson, Johnson, Moderna, et cetera. Um, uh, which ones are approved and not approved? I would bet you the majority of people would say, well, they're all approved because they're giving us these vaccines. There's an assumption that these are approved, but that is not the case. It's all emergency approval. And even, exactly. this, one, even this one is still not a typical so approval. Approval is more of we're agreeing to let this come out into the market. Yes, sell us vaccines for the next 15 years, please, Justin Trudeau. At least 2024 is when he's got it planned for. So obviously lockdowns are gonna end when he gets reelected. Ryan Rostey <laughs> says, I need a Menzies tank top. <laughs> well, you know, we don't have that, but I bet if you went to a seamstress, maybe a t-shirt can be cut into a tank cut top. Cut off the sleeves, man. Come on now. Oh, Come okay. on, man. Cut off the sleeves. Yeah, there's a name for those t-shirts, but I can't say it. It's too politically incorrect. From right? Super U Mikeha, I'm pronouncing, or is it Mike J.A.? No one knows. Did you ever get your scotch from the LCBO? Great question, and I tell you folks, um, it is the single most asked question of me <laughs> this calendar year. I can tell you, um, I think about a week ago, um, so this is a, a good reminder to maybe put in a call to our lawyers. We had a demand letter sent to the LCBO. Can you imagine that? To give them what they promised to give me, which was that $110 bottle of uh, Glenn Farkless 105. And if you like peated scotch, this is an exceptional vintage. Can we say vintage for scotch? I'm not sure. In any event, um, I haven't heard back, so I'm gonna get on that. And um, I'll tell you this, Andrew, when um, the lawyer showed me the letter for approval before going out, I made one request, which was we were asking for the bottle or a $110, $110 in cash or a $110 gift card. And I said, you know what? Could you please uh, delete the gift card and the cash? I just want the bottle and I'll tell you why. The LCBO being a government bureaucracy monopoly is so incompetent that this uh, scotch does not exist on in any of their stores in the province. I want these jabronis at the LCBO to go through hoops to actually make a special order to Scotland to get me one bottle over here. I want them to endure a little hardship. I mean, $110, come on, that, that's couch change for these guys. So cool. that is the answer. We have sent the demand letter. We are waiting a response. And if they say no, Guess what? It's small claims court time. Unbelievable. Well, David Menzies, there's a group of YouTubers called Nelk from Mississauga, and they're trying to get a, a drink approved. They got approved everywhere from California to Vegas to Florida. They can't get it in stores in Ontario because of the beer store and the LCBO. What is the, what do you think is going on there? Is oh, there I know. I've covered the LCBO for decades, Andrew, and I can tell you this. The way, it, see, when you're with the LCBO, which is one of the biggest purchasers of beverage alcohol in the world. What happens is suppliers from all over the world, they court the LCBO buyers. And I'm telling you, I know this as a matter of fact, some of these suppliers will fly LCBO uh, employees, government bureaucrats that we are paying for, in a private plane, they will literally roll up a red carpet wow. when they're coming off the plane. They will whine and dine and take them out to the theater. And the quid pro quo is we want a listing for our wine, our beer, our um, spirits, 
in your um, Monopoly stores. So what, is it Nell from Mississauga? Nelk, N-E-L-K. N-E-L-K. So Nelk, what you gotta do is you gotta come up with some grandiose fam trip, as it's called in the industry. You gotta take, you know, some of these LCBL bureaucrats to some fantastic destination, literally wine and dine them. That might grease the wheels for you, my friend. Shout out Nelk, the drink is called Happy Dad, so maybe David Menzies will drink it. You know what, I, where can I get this? I, I want to support this guy. It's it's a group of guys, and I don't know if you can get it in Canada at all yet. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's made in Canada. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, it isn't? No. Oh. It's made in um, uh, Milwaukee or something like that. Oh, okay. Then. But uh, good guys. Um, I have an interview with Maxine Bernier that's hot off the shelves. A lot of retweets going on there for the show. Maybe we can show a clip of it, producer yes. Justin. Um, basically, I asked him about everything. Asked him about vaccine passports, immigration numbers, which of course is a big thing that nobody likes to talk about in the mainstream media mm -hmm. at all, even though Canadians, two thirds of them agree we should reduce it. And of course I asked him about Chris Sky and all that stuff. Oh, so that's geez. why you want <laughs> that's why you want to tune in. It's got all the good stuff. I just try to be like, what would I want to hear him say from you know a viewer point of view? Let's play a clip of that if we can, producer Justin. So we have support from new Canadians on our immigration policy because they came here to celebrate our freedom and, 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 and they wanted to be part of our country. And so and they, they had to follow some rules to be able to be a Canadian. So now that's not the case. Everybody is welcome. And uh, it's always more and more. So we have support from immigration uh, community on our immigration policy. And actually in Quebec, the premier of Quebec, Mr. Legault, did that debate at the last campaign. And he said, I want 20% fewer immigrants. Nobody said that he was, he was a racist. Nobody said that. And, and, and he was able to win that election. But we started that debate in Canada at the last election. And that would be part of our platform for this election also. And I understand that we can have more and more support. We just need to be out there and to explain our policies. That's why I'm saying we are a smart populist party, because I don't appeal to your emotion as a voter. I'm appealing to your reason, to your, to your intelligence. And so take the time to read our platform, because I believe that you are an intelligent person. And if you read it and like it, I hope you'll support us. If you don't like it, please don't vote for us. Don't worry, David, my beard will grow back. <laughs> no, that's the most important thing, of course. No, you know, I agree uh, with Mr. Bernier, and he's always a delight, uh, Andrew. And what he said about um, immigrants to Canada wanting tighter immigration control. Of course control. they do. It's true. I mean, there was a book, oh, forgive me, folks, I, I, it, it evades my mind, but it was, a, it was published around the time of the Harper uh, conservative majority government in which the authors were going out into the immigrant communities and finding there was strong support for the Harper conservative policies of having uh, uh, you know, tighter or lower immigration. Now listen, uh, I am not anti-immigration. We, given our birth rate in Canada, which is um, uh, under 0.2, that means we have to um, we have to supplement the population because we will literally uh, die off. I mean, the, the the demographics here. But by the same token, we want to make sure that we get good immigrants. We want to make sure that they embrace Canadian values. I think we don't want to have economic immigrants simply walk across the street at Roxham Road and get into <laughs> Canada and have the RCMP turn into the Royal Canadian Bellhop Service. So um, I, I am absolutely in full agreement uh, with uh, Mr. Bernier. Well, I want, I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit, Mr. Menzoid. I want a drastic reduction because I want to see our wages go up. I wanna see our job availability go up, which of course will result in more money. You won't have to artificially inflate minimum wage. So I want a drastic reduction. Yep. Let's just try it. We never try it. They're afraid to, we've set ourselves up for the standard. We're afraid to reduce our immigration because of how it will make us look to other countries. It doesn't make any sense to me. So if we reduce it, we create, uh, we create a wider availability of jobs. Wages will go up because people's uh, skills will become more, you know, more desirable, and therefore you won't even need a high minimum wage because you can say, hey, I can go get this job, and if you don't want to pay me enough, then maybe there's another job where I can go get. But of course, a lot of that depends on 
uh, skilled labor in our own country, which is something that we should be promoting more, but we don't. We support, uh, you know, gender studies at Ryerson oh. University or where you went, right? Uh, yes, I think it's called X University now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking for Professor Xavier. I want to hang out with Cyclops <laughs> and Wolverine. Um, you know what? No, I hear what you're saying. And, and I'll give you a little example, which has never been explained to me why we can't do this. It, um, we have migrant labor in the farms during planting and harvesting season here in Canada from the Caribbean, from Mexico. And folks, I am not knocking the workers that come from those countries. They work incredibly hard out in the fields. I've, I've seen it. Here's what I'm get, trying to understand. We have people on welfare, completely able-bodied, completely able to do that job. And these are, and there were some welfare families in the city of Toronto. Andrew, they're multi-generational. I'm on welfare because dad was on welfare and grandpa <laughs> was on welfare. It's called and Oshawa, shadow of my hometown. Yeah, but here's the thing. Why can't we have workfare? Why can't we have vans go around, have these people hop aboard, take them out to farm country, not that far north of Toronto, and do that kind of labor? Why is that too hard a goal that we can't accomplish and then we have to fall back to uh, point B import this How temporary are you force these people to work if you don't want to uh well either you do or the check doesn't come in well, the mail that's, that, that's that's very simple i think if we help foster a culture where people don't look because that's the common excuse oh white people or canadians or americans won't do these jobs if you foster uh, do them if you foster a culture <laughs> where you can go get paid twenty dollars an hour and you know do some work like that as opposed to get $13 an hour to work at McDonald's, you're gonna get a lot of people of all backgrounds who are Canadians that want to go do that because you're gonna come back at the end of the week or something like that with twice as much money as your friends. Um, and even if you compare it to not working, working to not working, obviously it, it's so much better if you encourage young people to get part-time jobs because then they learn the value of their own money and they're not begging their parents for money. 100%, and Andrew, there is no shame in any job, right? I mean, Especially my grandfather, at a young age. you know, in 1946, my grandfather emigrated to Canada. He was an engineer, couldn't find work in his profession, ended up being a supervisor at a uh, garbage dump in Toronto, which has since been closed down. And I'll never forget what he said to me. The work is dirty, but the money is clean, right? I mean, somebody has to do these jobs. There is absolutely no dishonor. I don't care what it is, cleaning toilets, whatever you can think of. There is no dishonor in an honest job. What I have contempt for is somebody who is able-bodied and is uh, basically gaming the system not to work. That is despicable, not a, a job where you get your hands dirty. Well, shout out to the people panhandling on the off, on the Allen Road on ramp. You know, and again, you know, that is, I mean, I, I read earlier this year, it's a fantastic book. It's George Orwell's um, Down and Out in uh, Paris and London. And it was before he found fame as a writer and he was homeless. And there was sometimes he'd go three days without a meal and he was panhandling. And he said something really profound. <clears throat> he said, panhandlers get a huge amount of disdain from people because they think we're not working hard. And what he said is, it's the contrary. When you are out in the freezing cold, when you're out in the blazing sun for 12, 13, 14 hours begging for change, it is hard. The problem is, Andrew, is that the real contempt is for putting all that exertion into a job of such <laughs> low return. That's the issue. If you could get a legit job, even if it's washing dishes, for goodness sakes, it's a better return on the money. But anyways, that was George Orwell's uh, vision, having lived through it. Now, I tend to agree. You've gone on a big tangent. Let's bring up NoVaccinePassports.com. Yes. Justin, producer extraordinaire, because people are saying we've had Sorry, it's novaxpassports.ca. Wow, I was way off. Novaxpassports.ca. We want more people to sign it because I think we're in the 70,000 range. I personally, this is my goal of 100,000. Then David Menzies is going to go plop it on Bonnie Henry's desk. Like that. <laughs> um, he's is that the one that runs a winery that's exempt from the rules? Or? Hopefully. <laughs> you can go go to Parliament and pop it there. You can go to Doug Ford's office. We could do, of course, Doug Ford is saying, oh, David Menzies, what's wrong with you? I didn't say we need a vaccine passport. <laughs> I'm just saying that 
places can use it if they want. There, there it go. is. 81,000. Nice. Jumping Jehoshaphat. Let's get it to, these. yeah, let's get it to uh, 100K. Jumping Jehoshaphat. I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> and, and Plop, too. I mean, uh, you plop it on her office, plop it on his yeah, office. Yeah, I'm getting... Back mental. in the 70s, there was a great DC humor comic called Plop. Uh, so Your mental abuse is start on me is starting to show. Let's get to 100,000 so we can send David Menzies out there to do our bidding for us like we love. Because it will send a message. Like I said, uh, Doug Ford says, oh, we don't need a vaccine passport. I'm sure he'll cave on that. But you can use a federal one. Aaron O'Toole says, oh, I don't believe in a vaccine passport. But also, you guys... Um, the provinces can do it if they want to. So the, and myself and extraordinaire Mocha the other day had the conversation of, if, if you're allowing provinces to take away people's rights, then is the province going to allow me to get uh, the different firearms that are banned federally? Or, so mm. where's the disconnect here where Aaron O'Toole says it's okay for some provinces to take away your rights? I don't think I understand that, David Menzies. Well, you know, uh, I don't understand it either, but um, I see by the clock on the wall we are getting uh, running out of racetrack here. So some more chats, I believe, have come through, Andrew, so if you could kindly read those, I and could. then we must wrap the show, folks. RealReporters.ca also I want to plug for us because of yourself – uh, I know Dre Humphrey's out there today. Uh, extraordinary man Mocha's out there today. Everyone's out there. Even Lincoln. The Big Turk, we call Big him. Turk, nice. Yeah. <laughs> RealReporters.ca. Let's get some more donors for that because I can't tell you where, but Mocha's somewhere flying across the country right Ooh. now. Hyper chat from Aqua Skies. The Aqua Skies. <laughs> 3636. Love, Maxime. Great interview, Andrew. Thank you both. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, super chatting us. There. Very good, by us. the way. Oh, what are you doing? Give us more money. Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger says, who cares about your freedoms anymore? Did you see that clip? <laughs> yeah. Oh, who cares about your freedoms? Just get the vaccine. What are you doing? He's actually become the Terminator. <laughs> like... Oh, what are you comparing your freedoms for? What are you doing right here? Uh, thanks for everyone for watching. Um, thank you for your hyper chats. Like we said, Rumble is getting more chats on it. You can also watch us on Super U all the time because, you know, we're trying to get people away from YouTube as much as we can. We recently reached 100,000 on Rumble, so that's a pretty oh, big marker. That's a milestone. Um, so shout out to the creators of Rumble who are right here in Toronto, I believe. Indeed. David Menzies, closing remarks without talking about um, our brothers in the Taliban. Simply this, folks. <laughs> Until we meet again, stay sane.